San Diego's talk radio leader, 760 KFMB presents It's Your Money and Your Life. For the next hour, Richard Musio and Joe Vecchio will educate and inform you on matters related to your financial future, your life, and your leisure. Now, with It's Your Money and Your Life, here are Richard and Joe. All right, good evening, buddy. My name is Joe Vecchio, your co-host, announcer, and producer, coming to you from KFMB Studios with 50,000 watts of power. We're heard not just in San Diego County, but Orange County, L.A. County, up the coast of Seattle on a good night, down to Cabo, out to the desert. If you download the app for uh, AM 760 KFMB, you can hear us on any device as the show airs. All these podcasts are commercial-free on iwaymoney.com, and, of course, we are on iTunes if you search the title of the show. Now, time to introduce the main man of the hour. He's a CPA extraordinary, an accomplished marathon runner, best-selling author, a philanthropist, and a family office expert advising several high Networth families and a best-selling author. His name is Richard Musio. Richard, good evening. How are you? Doing good, Joe. Outstanding. Enjoying the hot weather. Yeah, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm losing weight. <laughs> yeah, I'm, no, I'm never hungry because it's so hot and humid. So. Isn't this right? I mean, do you, now you grew up here. Yeah. Uh, do you recall it being as humid back in the day? No, I, no. Back in the 70s, it was dry. No, I don't. Maybe this is the coming up from the tropical heat. And we used to get humid weather if we had a storm come up from down south. So it was noticeable. Yeah. But now it's just constant humidity. I think uh, we should have somebody on from Scripps again. We had Dan, Dan Kane and Jeff Severinghouse, two uh, pre, premier yeah. researchers, and maybe we can get a little update on the whole climate change situation because... Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm living in Miami. Yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, let's see. Cubs are still doing well. Cubs doing well. The Padres AAA team is not looking too good. Oh, no, wait, that's the <laughs> that's a major... I'm sorry. God, they got rid of Matt Kemp. Do you believe this? They and, traded and, Colin and, Ray to Miami, who pitched and, three innings, hurt his arm, and then got traded back the day later. Really? Did you see that? I didn't see that. Yeah, he was a Miami Marlin for like four days. Oh, my gosh. So <laughs> and then they traded him back here because he injured himself. You know what, folks? It's a nice ballpark. It's a lovely ballpark. They got a great lot restaurants. Of great food, you know. And if you're left handed, go try out as a pitcher. <laughs> Rick Rockwell used to do a joke. He, he said he called down to get a ticket for the Padres game, and he said, "What time's the game starting?" He said, "Well, what time can you be here?" <laughs> no, the, no. The joke is at a charity event. Joe, first first place is is four Padre. Is let's see, what's the joke? First place is two Padre tickets, and second place is four Padre tickets. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you anyway, go. the first ten the first ten people get to drag the infield, I guess. At, uh, exactly. During the break. Yeah. But anyway, but we digress. So there'll um, be more Cubs fans there than Padres fans yeah. when the Cubs come. Hey, I, I am coming. I am going to one of those Cubs games too. Good. By the way, okay. so. Uh, the 23rd, I believe. Yeah, By the enjoy way, enjoy watching that first baseman that we used to have, uh, Anthony Rizzo. Rizzo. Yeah, yeah, and Chris Bryant, a product of uh, USD. USD. There yeah. you go. But anyway, for the rest of this month, uh, we'll get to our guest in just a second, but uh, we've got an interesting show. Jerry Klein, uh, owner of a better deal tuxedo in Bird Rock, he'll be the guest on the 13th. On the, uh, excuse me, on the 13th is our show about cannabis decriminalization with Sapphire Blackwood. I'm sorry, I got a week ahead of myself. On the 20th, we're going to have Jerry Klein, uh, who's been in town here since the mid-80s and uh, very well-known, very well-liked, and it's a, it was an amusing show with him. And then on the no, I thought your memory was going to pot, though, <laughs> And then uh, the Very Good Food Foundation will have another segment, and this time it's all about food waste, and that show will air on the last Saturday of August, August 27th. But without further delay, we have a VIP guest in studio with us tonight, and she is a career expert, career counselor, all about uh, employment, et cetera, and uh, an author, lecturer, and uh, her name is Mar Marcy Morrison. Marcy, welcome to our show. Thank you so much for having me today. So great to be with all of you in our, this humid hot. Yes, our pleasure. Um, well, you've heard the show. We like to find out where our guests were born and raised and educated and how they found their way to San Diego. So where would you like to start? 
happy to start. Um, born and raised on the Jersey Shore and very proud of it. Uh, wow. Raised by Midwestern parents originally from Kansas. So I always say that I bring this interesting bl- blend of the Midwest, the Jersey Shore, now, and now, now Southern California. Now, how did that work? Your folks work, went from Kansas to New Jersey. You, usually the people want... Usually they go west. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> splain, splain. My uh, dad was an electrical engineer, and so he worked for Bell Laboratories and mm. has a patent for some of the early modem development. So a rite of passage on the Jersey Shore, well, right? Was that Alexander Graham Bell's company originally? Yes. I think it was, yeah. Well, you know, Boy, that goes. You know, Jersey takes a lot. Jersey takes a lot of flack, but really, they are a hotbed for for uh, biotech. You know, Merck and a lot of these other big companies are there, as well as a lot of engineering uh, enterprises. Right, uh, Marcy? That's correct. Okay, just to set the record straight, it's <laughs> so not how, it's not all pollution. So, <laughs> how, how old were you when you got to the Jersey Shore? Born and raised. Born and raised. Right. Yeah, my okay. dad had moved out there a few years before, okay. and uh, so, so she went grade school, high school, college there, or. How'd that work? I did, and then I decided it was time to escape my senior year of high school, and I applied to be an exchange student and got accepted to live in Australia, down under. Really? Through what school? Uh, that was through the AFS Intercultural Program, mm. and it was the year that Crocodile Dundee came back. Ah. I came out, so just to set the record straight on that, I came back, oh, and Ameri- Australia was big time. What's AFS, American Foreign Students Program or something? or? AFS is a American Field Service, and it was uh, started in World War One and Two by the ambulance drivers uh, mm. from France and America, and they said they they wanted to create world peace, and the only way to do that was to create intercultural exchanges. Um, so it's like the forerunner of the Peace Corps, sounds like. A little bit, yeah. So the French and the Americans started they started the exchange uh, between the two countries, and then mm-hmm. it's spread worldwide. How about that? Did you know that, Richard? I did not know that. <laughs> how, how long did you spend down under? Uh, I spent a year in Brisbane, Australia, and I've been back three times since. It's my second home. Huh. Have have you been to the Great Barrier Reef? I have. Lovely, isn't it? It's it is beautiful. That's in trouble too uh, with the climate, isn't it? Uh, They they think a lot of the coral is uh, getting bleached out or whatever, or losing a lot of it. Um, And that it is a living organism. A lot of people don't even know that, right? Well, that's true. You knew that, right, Marcy? I did know that. So you left Australia, and then what happened? Well, it's always interesting because um, as we before we got on the air, I told you how I speak Spanish. So I always joke that I'm a wannabe Latina from the Jersey Shore. So ironically, Australia, being with all these other exchange students from all over the world that learned English as a second language, I thought, well, that's great. I learned an accent, but I didn't learn a language. <laughs> so that actually inspired me to study international affairs in Spanish and ended up studying in Spain. Hmm. and um, led me on this path of an international focus for a long time, helping people get out of poverty in El Salvador. So did you have any uh, interaction with the intelligence community? Or you don't have to answer that if you don't want to, but it sounds like uh, you should if you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did work in D.C. for two years, so that definitely was in that world out there. And what did you do? There, with there's the- intelligence in Washington, D.C.? <laughs> no, no, seriously, what would you do in D.C.? Well, it's kind of interesting because uh, I know you all have my book here and, uh, you know, there's always these naysayers that say, you know, you can't have your dream job. It's not possible. And so when I graduated undergrad, it was a recession and I was on this mission to take my skills and make a difference in this world. And people said, good luck. It's a recession. You're going to be lucky enough to find which, any job. Which, which recession are we talking about? Cause in 1991. Okay. All right. And um, I just was committed and was going to do that. And so for three months, pounded pavement, worked my network as I tell everyone else to do and landed my dream job at the time at a place called the Inter-American Foundation, which helps people get out of poverty all over Latin America through 
basically like micro micro loans. Mm. Mm-hmm. And you worked in El Salvador, I guess, or Guatemala, all those places, huh? Yeah, I was uh, I was assigned to the portfolio that handled El Salvador, and so I spent some time down there visiting projects and and helping them, and also spent some time in Guatemala. And it was interesting because while I was at this project in El Salvador, somebody said, "Could you help us write a business plan?" And my background was more policy and economics, and I said, what's a business plan? And honestly, that's what brought me here to San Diego because one of my coworkers had gone to get his master's degree at UCSD, which has mm. a program with international business uh-huh. and a focus on regions of the world, so Latin America. So you wound up at UCSD? I did. Like so many of our other guests. <laughs> well, now what, what did you do at UCSD or what did you study there? Well, when that person had asked me to write, help them with a business plan, I had this light bulb go off that, you know what, I could save the world better if I actually had some business skills. So I decided to focus on international business mm-hmm. uh, and focusing on the region of Latin America. Mm. So at UCSD, what, what degree did you pursue and what department? Um, well, it used to be called IRPS, International Relations and Pacific Studies, mm-hmm. and now it's been changed to GPS, which is uh, Global Policy and Strategy. And so my, it's then the master's is kind of a bit cryptic. It's called an MPIA, a Master's of Pacific International Affairs. Hmm. Boy, we'll talk about a specialty. Wasn't that startup by Herb York, or uh, who started that uh, um, department? I, I know it was a big name at the time. The, the, we'll have to was, look that up. It yeah. was Peter Peter Gorovich. They actually had a lot. Oh, that's right. Yeah. They saw that there was international schools a lot on the East Coast, but mm-hmm. they were realizing that there was a huge call for the Pacific Rim, mm-hmm. and no graduate schools with an international focus were really targeting that region. So they specifically started that school focusing on Asia and Latin America. Yeah. Oops. We've got to take a little break. We'll come right back with Marcy Morrison, career guidance counselor and expert right after this. Hang on. This song, Richard. We haven't used this one yet. First time. Leave it to Beaver. Who who didn't love that show? Ward and all in the in the clan. <laughs> I don't know any. Adult, I don't. Do you know anybody named Ward? I don't know anybody named Ward. I know one person named Ward. You do? Yeah, it's not a very common name. No, that's for sure. I don't know anybody named Cleaver. <laughs> Cleaver sounds like such a like a hatchet name. My CPA firm used to have have a client named Edward Haskell. And I'm like, who names your kid if your last name is Haskell, Edward? Yeah. I mean, who does that to their kid? I know. I know. But anyway. in any case, we are back with the award winning It's Your Money in Your Life. And our guest is Marcy Morrison. And we last left off, she was at UCSD pursuing this, our, this very sophisticated degree in international relations of some sort. And, um, and then I think you got involved with Qualcomm. But anything else you want to talk about with UCSD before we get into uh, Qualcomm, et cetera? Well, I think, you know, a big part of, being at UCSD and really being clear on my mission there was to get uh, business experience. So I uh, ended up doing an internship in San Francisco, Bank of America, Latin America, corporate finance, and also interning at Qualcomm to get some really practical business skills. So mm. was kind of you. it was perfect because our coursework was very practical as well. So we would actually write mm. business plans, and then I'd work with my department at Qualcomm to get information on what they needed, like looking at expanding into markets into Latin America. So it was a very practical education and really helped me a lot in that area. So you were into microfinance before it really hit big uh, big time with these other Nobel Prize winners, right? Like Mohamed Yunus? Yeah. <laughs> Banker to the poor? <laughs> but, I mean, you saw the potential in that, right? I mean, it was uh, it was working for you, right? 
Well, the Inter-American Foundation that I work with, they they definitely saw that there was a huge impact from the ground up. So they had developed that model, I think, even in the early 60s. So it was pretty ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say. How much time did you spend at Qualcomm? Uh, I was almost about three years with the internships. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're learning about competitive intelligence and all these other things, right, in, in Latin America. And then uh, on to the Institute of the Americas, and now that's that was back out of UCSD, wasn't it? Is that the same place or is it a different one? It is. And just to uh, briefly tell you about what happened with Qualcomm is that what I feel is very significant to what I do now is that I was there when Erickson had bought the division that I was in, so about 2,500 of us lost our job. Mm. So I was able to experience my own layoff, and a big part of what I do right now is assist layoffs and help people in career transition. So I... I wouldn't wish that on anyone, but I'm glad that I had that experience so I can really help somebody through that process. But given how fast things change in the economy and given how there's so many new different things to do and so many old things that no longer get done, I think layoffs is something that's going to be very common for people during the course of their career. Absolutely. I mean, hold the part. I, I talked to somebody once at, um, well, it was Qualcomm, and, and he said, my job is to fire everybody in my department, and then when I get done with that, i got to fire myself. I mean, <laughs> Talk about trauma, right? <laughs> but but you're right. Now, Erickson bought your division because like, they were into the phone-making business initially, and then they realized they wanted to get into just licensing the technology because they have over 11,000 patents. When we had Dr. Jacobs on, he, he wasn't even sure of the number himself, but when we looked it up, it is over 11,000. It's over 11,000. Yeah. yeah, we looked it up. Um, in any case, uh, you know, things change rapidly, in, especially in the high-tech field. Uh, you know, technology's come and go. I mean, look at... Uh, Look at all that. Look at Blockbuster. I mean, there's uh, things, you know, whole whole industries get, get wiped out with some new innovation, right? Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting because I always try to, when I'm working with people in layoffs and from my own experience, I'm always trying to find the silver lining in it. Mm. How do I take this opportunity and actually help you find something that you're even more passionate about doing? And that's what that opportunity gave to me. I said, what is it that I really want to do? And so I realized I really love travel. I really love Latin America, and I really love working directly with people. And so I had this little spin down that I help people develop, like their 30-second elevator pitch about what you really want to do and then let everybody know that. Mm -hmm. And so I went to the Institute of the Americas, which is next door to my grad school, and I had volunteered there while I was at grad school, and I thought this is a perfect place to ask where I could find opportunities in Latin America. And so I said – do you guys have any ideas of where I could find some work in this? And they said, yeah, here. I'm like, what? And so it was an interesting lesson. And something I tell people all the time is that the Institute of the Americas is a nonprofit, but it's heavily funded by corporations. So they have a huge budget. So I said, well, you can't match my salary at Qualcomm. And they said, what did you make? And they said, we can match that. (laughs) So a lot of times when people are following their passion, I say, don't assume that a nonprofit can't pay you the same. I just had a client who went from a VP of a high-tech company to the VP of a humane society and pretty closely matched his salary because of that level. So mm. always encourage people to get clear on what it is that they really want to do and the difference they want to make. And dogs are easier to work with than engineers. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but it, we also hear the stories where people with, uh, you know, several degrees or you know former former c-level executives and uh, having a rough go of it as well because obviously it's a supply and demand situation too right absolutely and so there's a lot of reinvention that happens right so i i have a client actually here in san diego that had built and sold a lot of different companies and 
just knew that his path, it was time for his path to be different. And mm-hmm. so it took a while because it was rethinking everything. And then what he realized is the biggest thing he wanted to do is uh, make a difference in our community here in San Diego. So mm-hmm. now he's the executive director of Mission Edge that provides back office support to over 50 nonprofits here in San Diego. So it was taking his leadership skills and really applying that to making a huge difference. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it, I mean, if you can, if you can figure out a way to make your avocation your vocation, uh, then you hear a lot of engineers who just, you know, finished with their technical career. Now they want to get into the microbrewery thing because they're, had, they, they just, love drinking. They're, well, they're passionate about making their, you know, their home, their home brew. And it's worked out for, for several people or, you know, I remember Field, Mrs. Fields cookies. I think she, uh, she was into something else and then she got into the cookie. Th- Whatever happened to her? I used to like those. They still exist. You see stores. It's <laughs> not in San Diego. <laughs> I thought she was pretty diet, and of course, famous Amos, you know. Yeah. But um, you know, you get on that. We shark- have enough cookies, Joe. <laughs> get on that Shark Tank with your ideas. I mean, you see these little girls coming on that show. Uh, oh, they took pop bottle caps and they made some design thing, and and, and they're selling it for umpteen dollars now. Did you? Did you? See, did you see, I, I saw that. Yeah. Impressive. Yeah, it's amazing what you can do in this country. I just, <laughs> I just hate competing with eleven-year-olds. I mean, if you have bad enough hair and are ignorant enough, you, can, you might just run for president. So. <laughs> Joe, you're talking about both candidates there. So anyway. I wouldn't I wouldn't say so, but you can you're welcome to hear uh, They both have bad hair. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, get it. now come on now. Hillary, if there's one thing you gotta say, she has good hair, for God's sake. But no, anyway. I don't say that. Okay. Anyway. Okay, I know you've got sponsors and whatever, so Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, we've got two choices. What is what is uh what does uh Woody Allen say? He's we have two choices, uh um you know, utter despair and hopelessness, and let's hope we Something choose. Like let's choose correctly. <laughs> so, Marcy, you you use the name careers with wings. Where did where did the wings part come from? Well, it's interesting because I when I I this career path uh, really happened for me when I had my kids who are now fifteen and twelve. I had stayed home with them for three and a half years and really focused on them. And I started working with a, a life coach at that time, and she had me do this exercise to really visualize what I felt that my purpose is here. And I saw this image of a child with wings. Mm. So it actually started with children with wings, which I feel is really the core of my purpose, which is to help uh, at-risk youth rise above poverty via career training. So I do that a lot here in San Diego with Just in Time and for Foster Youth and for the Community Alliance for Youth Success. And then from that, I thought, well, what else, what else am I meant to do here? And I'd always spoken at career conferences, had always mentored people, was on my board for my UCSD grad school and helped build a career mentoring program. And I thought to myself, why do people go to jobs every day doing something they hate? Like if I can even just help one person live their passion and purpose, then I feel like I'm making a difference in this world. So Children with Wings became Careers with Wings because I feel like that symbolizes peop- uh, the freedom for people to go Truly live their passion and purpose. Yeah, it's a great name. Outstanding. Great name. Thank you. Um, well, I mean, and you've got some books uh, that you've published, right? You want to tell us about your books? Sure. And it's just, it's interesting. When I'm working with people about finding their passion and purpose, I say, sometimes what unfolds on the path are things that you least expect. I, I've never had write a book on a bu- bucket list. It wasn't something I intended to do. But in my first year of business, I would get frustrated with some of my clients because they... I'd say to them, you know, you, you need to do some of your own self-development, uh, you know, uh, process. And mm-hmm. so go read the books that are out there. What color is your parachute? Anything like that. Who, and mo- who moved the cheese? 
anything like that. And they'd say, I hate all those books. I feel more over, <laughs> I feel more overwhelmed than when I started. And so I, I got frustrated and I said, well, what is it that you really want? What would help you? And they said an easy to use workbook. And um, so I, I realized I'd already developed that, like a smaller version of it, mm. which ended up getting turned into a book. I had worked with an inspirational speaker, so knew about publishing a book and that opened the door to the book. Wonderful. We're going to talk more about the book with Marcy Morrison, careerwithwings.com, right after these words. Hang on. All right. We're back with the award-winning It's Your Money and Your Life. And now this is a time where Richard likes to thank our sponsors. Big thank you to our sponsors, as always, could not do this show without our great sponsors. At the top of the list, UBS with Michael Caranta and Drew Fritas. Mike Caranta is actually in studio with us today, just hanging out. I guess it was too hot outside, and the air conditioning here at KFMB is good, so here's Mike. <laughs> but Mike, really appreciate it. UBS, couldn't do it without you guys. Mike is always cool. He's always cool. <laughs> Signature Analytics, one of our favorite groups of CPAs. We actually have two of them, Jason Kruger, Signature Analytics. Great CFO firm, also more traditional CPAs. Polito Epic CPAs with Don Epic and Paul Polito. Also, Joel Grushkin with Cost Segregation Initiatives, helping real estate owners improve their cash flow. Upcoming guests, you might be the first one in September, if memory serves, Brenda Geiger, Geiger Law Office, specializing in estate planning and asset protection. Also, California Republic Bank with Lane Elliott and Sean Puckett, a great niche market bank that serves the specialized needs of wealthy families and family offices. Neil Staley, with formerly known as Mars Maddox Insurance, now Hub International, a great employee benefits firm. Also, last week's guest, Tony Lombardi with the LG Experience and the Lombardi Group, making or helping wealth advisors to make heroes out of CPAs to, to the CPA's very best clients. So instead of working directly with end users, wealth advisors working with CPAs to give a much better experience to your more affluent business owners and wealthy families. Last but not least, before we get to some good food, well, actually, next to last but not least, Paul Hines, CEO of Hearthstone Private Wealth Management. Paul, of course, heads up the SeniorSafeAndSound.org initiative here in San Diego, helping to prevent financial elder abuse. And, of course, interest rates are still low. Nathan Watkins with Worldwide Credit, absolutely incredible mortgage broker. If you're buying or refinancing, Nathan Watkins with Worldwide Credit. And now I'm getting hungry, Joe, and we have a couple more sponsors who sell some really cool stuff. Yes, we do. We have Lestat's Coffee Houses, the original in Normal Heights, the second one in University Heights, and the third about to open, I will say, the the beginning of next week, uh, at 1045 University, big place, another 5,000-square-foot place with 104 chairs because it's you can't get a seat in the other ones, so you can always move to the next. Business is good. <laughs> yeah, and they're open 24-7, 365. The newer one, It'll be a few, I guess, a few months before they get to that point where they're open 24-7, 365. But great coffee, great food, everything made on site, and uh, great atmosphere. And, of course, the one University Heights, uh, excuse me, Normal Heights, has uh, the music, Lestats West, which has great music and entertainment attached to it uh, seven nights a week. And the Very Good Food Foundation, headed up by Michelle Ciccarelli Lyrac. They'll be having another show with us end of this month about uh, food waste. And uh, we always appreciate having her guest. She really loads up the show, Richard, with 8, 10, 12 guests. Yeah, she's got to bring some extra chairs so, in with so, the guests. So. I don't know where she Good finds all these experts, but uh, we do it in shifts, Richard. We have. We <laughs> 
But uh, we use two studios. We have all the guests in one. People waiting in the hall. Yeah, it's it's amazing. But anyway, Very Good Food Foundation, you can Google them, and they're doing a lot of great work in town. And now back to our guest, Marcy Morrison. So, Marcy, question. How many people get out of bed in the morning and actually spend their day doing something they love? What percentage of people? I know that you asked Phil Blair that question, too. And I I think it is. We're just seeing if we get the same answer. We're going to see. Let's see if we pass the same test. Yeah, yeah I, I do know it's around 10%. That's really low. I, thought, I know. I thought it was less. <laughs> Could be. But uh, in any case, uh, well, look, I saw a TED Talk recently about uh, the key to happiness and the expert, I forget, he had a doctorate, of course. Uh, he cited this Harvard study. It's about 75-year-old study. Um, and he said the key to happiness and health is are good relationships, both at home and the workplace. So... They do kind of go hand in hand. You always hear behind a you know a great man is a great woman, and it's probably vice versa too. And those people, what's the likelihood of them being happier in their profession as opposed to someone who is in a stuck in a really bad relationship? Um, you know, it's it's a more of a challenge, wouldn't you say? Yeah, definitely. You know, it's when you look at the steps in my book. You know, I always whenever I work with clients, I say it's really important for me to understand your whole life. Career is just one piece of it. And relationships and your network are super important for you having a happy life. Mm-hmm. And of course, take- we, we should mention the name of the book. Should we not? Well, sure. What's the Marcy, title? Fire Away. <laughs> it's called Finding Your Passion, The Easy Guide to Your Dream Career. And where can people find it? On Amazon. Excellent. Excellent. And you lecture around town in the country in um, a lot of different places, right? I, I do. I Spoken at UCSD, spoken in Guatemala for a major women's conference a couple summers ago in, mm-hmm. in Espanol, and uh, spoken through different groups. Even spoke with the Workforce Partnership here in, in San Diego as well. Mm. Now you're going to be meeting with Art Barter, another guest of the show and sponsor, and he puts on this annual conference as well. Servant right? leadership. Yeah. So um, that might be another possibility, you thinking? Maybe, you think? maybe. We realize that our, our mission really is the same in terms of really empowering young people um, mm-hmm. to live their best life through leadership skills and also living their passion and purpose to make a difference in this world. Mm-hmm. So, so speaking of young people, since my kids are 25, 24, and 20, so I hang around with a lot of young people. And by definition, I'm old. So, But speaking of young people, I think it's really challenging now with them with regard to career choices because, first of all, they're probably going to do more than one thing for the rest of their life. In my generation, it was sort of expected that whatever you became, that's what you stayed so that's a challenge. But, but number two, there's still a lot of what I call outside influence or outside commentary from people about what they should be doing, like take AP courses in high school, go to the right college, get this particular career, as opposed to maybe advice about, well, maybe you should be following whatever you're really passionate about, which is in many cases different than what people think you should be doing. What do you think? Yeah, I um it's interesting. I developed a career program for just in time for foster youth for young people. And for them in particular, right, they've been in survival mode for so long, mm-hmm. right? So trying to get them to rise up to a higher perspective to dream a little bit is hard. So I always talk about a short-term and a long-term strategy, right? So for the short-term, you may be having to do something that's not 100% in alignment with your passion, but how do you start building the blocks to get you closer to that and what Joe had mentioned before about relationships is really important to have mentors, people that have been down that path that you've already been down that can give you tips on how do you get to where you want to be. And in terms of recommending books, the number one book that I always recommend to help young people and everyone is, I don't know if you both read Jack Canfield's Success Principles. Mm-hmm. 
about mm-hmm. getting from where you are to where you want to be. He had interviewed all these successful people across the board, and he realized there's 64 principles that make people successful, and relationships is a key part of that. And having a clear vision of your life in all areas and and really creating, you know, revisiting that every year. It's almost a strategic plan for your life and really chunking it down on daily and weekly goals of how do you get closer to your dreams. But but relationships can be challenging too for the younger generation because they're so geared towards technology as opposed to, like in my day, we spent our lives going to breakfast and lunch meetings and networking groups and and now everybody's, you know, they're studying remotely, they're well, that's conducting why, business. But Richard, that's why Lestats is packed all the time. Exactly. They, they are looking they're, for They're hungering for that, right? Yeah, yeah. They are looking for places to collaborate yeah. and, and interact and, and whatnot. So, but I, I, getting back to my point about making your av- avocation your vocation, uh, let's say, let's say you like business. I mean, base, you're passionate about baseball and you also uh, wanted to get into business. Well, why not try to find a career maybe in the uh, Major League Baseball or... Or maybe uh, try to buy the Padres yeah. so we can have some serious ownership. <laughs> I'm just saying, all right, so now you would go and, and and beg on your knees, please let me in your finance department or something, right? I mean, if you like uh, art, I mean, maybe you find a way to be getting, getting into the uh, art brokerage industry or whatever. Um, doesn't that help when you're passionate about the subject matter, uh, Marcy? Absolutely, and I, it's, I've started to see it as pieces of a passion puzzle is what I call it, just like you were saying, like sports, business, international, mm-hmm. whatever whatever it is. And I'm, I'm thinking about somebody that I know that she was a competitive gymnast and she wanted to work in the sports field. And so she started where she could get a job. First was UC Berkeley's sports department. And through that, she made a ton of connections, talking to people. And she ended up moving to Los Angeles and worked for Shaquille O'Neal's agent. And mm. so she's very good at marketing and sales too. So she handled all the branding and all the marketing for the athletes that were with the company. So it's, I always cool. feel like it's a collecting those pieces and getting clearer on what you love and what you're good at yeah. and continuing to build your I'll give you another career. great example. Bob Babbitt will be on this show in October. I mean, here's a guy who started out with a triathlete, magazine, triathlete magazine. He's in the Triathlete Hall of Fame. And, and then it became, you know, this Challenged Athlete Foundation, a major successful organization raising millions and millions of dollars for uh, underprivileged people or challenged people. And uh, so good for him. But anyway, we're coming up on our next break. So we'll come back with Marcy Morrison, career coach and author right after this. Hang on. All right. Well, Chief. Maxwell Smart. We are back with It's Your Money and Your Life. We love that Get Smart song, don't we, Richard? Yeah, and if you listen to our show, you get smart. (laughs) Well, we're going to help people get even smarter about their career because you had just mentioned the UBS. uh, Our great sponsor, UBS, has something really cool, and it's up on our website. What is that, Joe? So if you go to iwaymoney.com and go to the Sponsor tab, drop-down menu there, go to the UBS uh, page, and it's the second item down. UBS Intellectual Capital Blog brings attention to uh, a guide to find a fulfilling career, which will link you to 80,000hours.org. And uh, if you go through that, it should be very uh, help you reveal to yourself uh, a lot of uh, great information. So, and a great resource for teenagers, right, Mike Caronta? Yes. It's just an amazing career guide. Everybody, but I mean, particularly young people, I think. Yeah, it's a, it'll take you about four hours. Matter of fact, Marcy, uh, I challenge you to go through that and uh, see what and and and. Uh, and then give it. us a full report. You yes. can come back on and give yes. us a full report. Or we could get Perfect. Our, we'll get your via phone or something at uh, one of the next. Uh, well, yeah. it would have to be in September because we're pretty much booked uh, for the rest of. <laughs> yeah. But that's okay. 
You need four hours anyway. You're probably finding four hours. Now in September will be a challenge for you. But um, in any case, Richard, where? so we mentioned that. Uh, and we're in our last segment. Where should we finish up with Marcy? So if, if somebody is fairly successful by traditional terms, Marcy, like say they're making good money, they have a nice house, have a nice car, but they're really unfulfilled, what, what kind of advice do you give generally? Well, I, it was like that uh, example I'd given about Ken Davenport, who's now the executive director of Mission Edge. At first, I was a little bamboozled because I'm it, when I look at him, when I looked at him when we first met, he had everything uh, on the outside, right, that society would mm-hmm. deem success. Um, and so when I dug a little deeper with him, I first, it was almost like starting over again, right, because he had gotten the success fulfillment outside of himself. And so... We had to drill a little deeper and figure out what really made him happy. And the first thing that he said to me was really his son and his wife. So his first assignment was to spend more time with them. So getting really grateful and present for what's already in your life is the first uh, first step. And then for him, it was really thinking about the legacy. That's the first question I really ask people is, what's the legacy that you want to leave? And Ken said, I just... I want to be a strong member of my community and really give back. So I think those, starting with those first two things about what's important to you and your legacy is, is, the, is the key to the starting point. Hmm. But, but isn't there some guilt sometimes when somebody's successful by traditional terms with money and nice things and they sort of whine about how they feel unfulfilled? Don't people sort of say, you know what, I wish I had your problems and your millions or your whatevers? Well, John Perkins kind of had that uh, revelation talking about Latin America. This guy was a great, successful of. Uh, international- I mean, my point is, people don't really validate your feelings because they're like, "Well, you're worth X amount, and you've got this great house that's better than my house, and here you are complaining." It's tough. But the point is, you know, he reinvented himself. He's he wanted to go help poor people in Latin America, I believe, mm-hmm. right? And that's what became his passion. So, you know, find if you're too successful and. And uh, want to help people more? I mean, do it. I mean, I saw something on social media the other day. This this gentleman, I think it was in the UK. He goes. He's a barber, and he goes around. He carries his uh, his uh, barber, you know, scissors and whatnot in his backpack. And when he sees homeless people, he said, "Do you mind if I give you a haircut and a shave?" And it's amazing, you know. Yeah, what a difference. What if? I mean, yeah. I I don't think I could do that, but uh, you know, he must get some immense, uh, you know, personal reward from that. I would think. There's no doubt. Yeah. There's no doubt. So, Marcy, you got any more books planned, or is that your one and only? Well, it was interesting, like, w- working with Ken, and to answer your question before about people that seem to have it all, right, it's, it's sometimes I actually find it more painful for those people because they're, they actually feel more guilty than anything mm-hmm. else. Like, I should be happy. Why am I not happy? I'm actually in discussions with a potential client right now. He goes, I do not want my tombstone to say the only thing I did was make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And so he's really struggling with that and and really wants to find that. So at the core of what I found, the first step more than anything is about really falling in love with yourself, where it's, you know, you find that fulfillment within. So my, I did write a second book that's been translated to Spanish, which is my own journey of falling in love with myself. And and it's a guide to help other people fall in love with themselves. Otherwise, you're just on this endless treadmill mm. to find the fulfillment outside of yourself. So, and from there, um, you know, I really actually have this vision to write a book with kids about what it looks like for kids to, you know, find their passion and purpose and contribute to world change. Because, like you're saying, the way they look at the world is so different than the way we look at the world. So, yeah. using tools that 
speak with them and it may include videos and online games and it may be a whole may not even be a book now i see you had some experience with high tech high and uh, the seniors there and some project our high. sponsor paul polito is one of the driving forces behind the creation of that by yeah. the way and um i actually helped uh, you know gary jacobs they had a big fundraiser early on before when it was just dirt fields around mm -hmm. there and um, we raised some some nice money for that institution and by the way if you've never taken a tour of high tech you uh, should uh you show up and i thought i thought they're going to assign a, a a teacher or an administrator they, they assign two students to take you through that school and i want to tell you bill gates has been through there oprah winfrey all kinds of notable joe people. vecchio yeah well whatever <laughs> Thank you for putting me in that company, but uh, boy, oh boy, that's a stretch. In any case, um, the Seven Doors of Happiness Project, tell us about that a little bit at High Tech High. Well, around March, I, I get this email and uh, from this team of the Seven Doors of Happiness at High Tech High, and they said, we Googled passion and San Diego, and you came up. And so mm. we're doing this project on looking at what makes people happy, and we want you to be our mentor and it's one of these lessons in life, right? Like when I went to El Salvador, I thought I was going there to help them. And what I realized is how much they inspired me. Here are mm -hmm. people that live in poverty that actually have more gratitude and appreciation for life than people that have everything, right? And mm -hmm. so here I was thinking I was going to help them and was just so inspired by these kids. They went around and they interviewed all kinds of different people, including the CEO of Make-A-Wish Foundation and um, places where they do animal rehabilitation music therapy hmm. and they really started to ask people what is happiness and so they have created a documentary yeah. with everybody's different uh questions around um happiness and so in general though it seemed to be that the little things are what make people happy like you said good relationships mm -hmm. you know meal to eat sharing sharing what they have with other people so it's great. I really recommend uh, that people Google Seven Doors of Happiness and High Tech High and take a look at that documentary. How long, how long does it run? Do you know? Um, uh, well, they have a uh, trailer that's about four minutes, mm -hmm. and I, the documentary, I think, came out to be about 20 minutes. Outstanding. You know what? We should put that up on uh, Yeah, we should put it blog. up on the website. I'll ask Courtney to do yeah. that, and we'll put it on your page. And so. speaking of gratitude, I need to thank Eric Maury, who is the person <laughs> who introduced Marcy to us, our good friend Eric. Thank so you, thanks, Eric. Eric. Speaking of gratitude, there's a cafe gratitude down a little, and they just had their first anniversary. So congratulations to them. I know Michelle went to their big party, and I think Jason Mraz even performed down there. And um, I've got to get down there. Have you been there? there? I, I have not been. Yeah. I, it sounds like a very cool place. Very, have you you've been there, Marcy? I have. And they actually have a really cool game that they invented called the Abundance Game. Really? Mm -hmm. How does that work? We've got a couple. We got a <laughs> it's, it's just like what we just talked about, too. It's just about really getting clear on what makes you happy and, you know, creating abundance in all areas of your life, not just financial, but relationships, so you go to the everything else. You go to the cafe and you play this game, or is it a, you buy it and take it home, or how's it you work? You buy it and take it home. Ah, okay. I thought if you win, maybe they gave you free seconds. <laughs> That's abundance. <laughs> Well, I'm, I, I'm, look, it. another part of the self-esteem deal is, I think, losing some weight, too. So um, You're doing a good job, Joe. I'm I proud am, of you, man. I am. I am uh, getting Oceanside on. Turkey Trot. You are participating. I'm, you know what? November uh, 2016. Folks, You're going to be there. you can do it. You just, I discovered if you just get on that treadmill and put the put the incline up all the way. And, and put put and, the dessert away. Yeah. Well, yeah. I've, been, I've been watching my diet, too. But I'm just saying, you, and you got to sweat. Unfortunately, you know, you got to sweat, folks. Well, these days <laughs> in San Diego, you just have to get out of bed in the morning and you're sweating. So. And Justin, you've been running still, right? Our soundboard guy? Okay. Yeah, he's still running. All right. Good, yeah. good, good. But um, isn't that part of it? I mean, feeling better about yourself mentally, It's uh, it, the physical part goes with it, doesn't it, Marcy? Absolutely. You know, I, I really empower my 
clients to really keep a weekly log of what they're doing and health is in there. So if one of their goals is to lose weight, they're reporting to me each week what action they're taking. And I can definitely see the impact that that makes on their self-esteem. Yep. 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 All the way around. So now you're a career coach. So if people want to engage you on a personal level, they can do that. Yep. I do work with individual clients. Mm -hmm. and Web website is? careerswithwings.com. That's plural, careerswithwings.com. Mm -hmm. And, of course, your right. email, you just put Marcy at in front of that, and you can always, always email Marcy there. That's so. Marcy with a Y. Yes. So uh, so there you have it. Um, so any, any speaking engagements coming up or any place people can see you um, in, in the near future that, publicly, or do you have all private engagements? Well, a cool thing that I'm part of is that there's a new uh, network launching called Me Time Network, where it's uh, kind of like an Oprah Winfrey type thing with mm -hmm. self development type gurus. And so we're going to be, they're going to be launching the videos that I've done for them this month. Outstanding. Cool. Me Time. Outstanding. Marcy Morrison, thanks for being here. Marcy, on our thanks. Day. Yes, Richard. Thank you. Richard, great seeing you. Michael Caranta, UBS, thanks for being in studio with us. Thank you to Justin Hart, our board operator, for making it sound terrific. Thanks to Craig Blanking, our con executive, and to Dave Smith, our programming genius here at KFMB. All these, <coughs> excuse me, all these pockets are commercial free on iymoney.com. You stay cool. We'll see you next week. Take care now. Bye bye.